Celebration Sunday, and uh, it is such a great day today. I, do you guys, how many of you were at that Easter celebration that we had at the Mid-State Fair? A bunch of you? Yeah, quite a few. And we had it at, if you weren't there, we had it at a stadium downtown called the Frontier Stage, and so many people came out, and uh, what happened there that day was so, one of the most beautiful things is there was this 15-foot tall cross. We brought our cross down there, and everybody there participated in putting flowers on the cross. And it just felt like this overflow. And one of my favorite points in the service that I never thought would be the favorite point, I thought the raising of the cross would be the best, but my favorite was the lowering of the cross. Just that testament to, no, no, not a symbol of death anymore. And uh, just tearing that thing down together. That was so beautiful. Better than, better than tearing down the, the goalpost at a football game. You ever done that before? <laughs> this was better. This was way better than that. It was awesome. Vision 2020 is a series that we started that day, and we had this big banner in the back, and we taught everyone to say this uh, phrase. You know what it is? Yeah, you guys got it. Oh, you're going to miss it. But uh, good thing is we're going to continue it for three more years, so don't worry about it. Um, This is only the beginning. And we started dreaming. This is a Vision 2020 series where we asked ourselves, what is this church going to look like in the next three years, in the year 2020? We asked the whole community to be a part of asking, what could our lives be like, our neighborhoods be like, what could our families be like in the next three years? So much can happen, so much can change in three years. And the way we started that series is by opening up the Bible and reading the story, go figure on Easter, of the resurrection, right? But it's not the story you'd remember. It's normal. Most people think about Easter, they don't think about women who go to the tomb of Jesus, and they're looking for the body of Jesus. But they knew that there was a four, imagine how big this four-ton boulder that was rolled in front of the grave of Jesus. And yet they decided to still go and take care of the body of Jesus. They didn't let a minor detail like a four-ton boulder get in their way. I love that. Let's just, and I, I think the way they just did is they said, let's go. And then when they got to the tomb and the four-ton boulder was already rolled away, they met an, a messenger, an angel inside who said, Jesus is not here. He has risen. He is alive. The one who was dead is alive and he has gone on ahead of you. And now, and then this is the disturbing part. They, the angel, the messenger said, now I want you to go and tell everybody this. And the women ran out of the tomb. It said they were so afraid. But there's something the Bible tells us that they actually did go and tell The disciples, even though they knew they'd be ridiculed and mocked and made fun of, they had the courage to go and tell the disciples that Jesus was risen. And so that was the very first let's go message. And then after that, we did these these series of messages all flowing out of Luke chapter 5. 
And we learned at the very beginning this amazing image of Jesus calling Peter, this fisherman, out of his fishing boat. Well, he, he actually, Jesus got into Peter's fishing boat. And then Jesus said, uh, let's go fishing. And Peter said, there's nothing there. We've been fishing all night long. And Jesus says, why don't you just try again? For, just have that much faith. Just have a let's go moment. So Peter turns to all the other disciples and says, let's go. Let's throw the net into the water. And they pulled up more fish than they could handle in one boat. So they brought up the other boat and both boats were sinking with fish and they barely get him into the shore. And, and in the middle of this sloppy, bouncing fish everywhere, slimy mess, Peter kneels down, which is not what I would do. I'd be like staying away from that stuff. And he kneels down and he says, Jesus, get away from me because I am not good enough to be around you. Can you imagine that? Peter just realized that Jesus knew what was going on below the surface, not just of the water, but also in the life of Peter. I loved reading that scripture, didn't you guys? And then, and then Jesus says this crazy thing. He says, follow me and I'm going to make you fish for people, which is probably the weirdest thing that anyone could ever say to another person. I'm going to make you fish for people. And he does. And this, his story of what happens, all the miracles that happen, just because Peter has enough of a let's go moment to follow Jesus, say, okay, I'll follow you. I'll see what happens. I'll see what you mean by that really weird thing. I'm going to make you fish for people. And so we've been inspired not just by Peter, but by the next story that happened in the Gospel of Luke, the story of the paralytic and his friends who were crazy enough to carry a paralyzed man all the way to the feet of Jesus. And then this tax collector, everybody thought he was the scum of the earth. He was basically a mobster, and yet people still thought, Jesus said, hey, you know what? I'm going to make you part of my leadership team. Everybody else doesn't want to have anything to do with you, but I'm going to bring you really close. We learned that Jesus does these miraculous transformations in people's lives. And through this series, we've collected visions. We asked you to write down on a piece of paper what your dream is. What is the biggest, craziest thing? Not, not the grounded, stable dream of what could happen in your life, but to submit ideas and dreams through emails. And this is the pile of contributions we got from the congregation. It's, it's, it doesn't look very big, but it actually takes about an hour and a half to go through all of it. And it will just, it'll just make you smile. It'll fill you with excitement about the ridiculous ideas that people have come up with. You want to hear some of them? This person said, my vision, my 2020 vision is to help build relationships with fathers and sons, starting with my own. This person says, my vision is, my 2020 vision is to allow myself to find my worth to truly love myself and forgive myself for my past failures. This person said, My dream is that <clears throat> my significant other comes to know Christ and I am bold enough to step out in my faith and to lead him. And they wrote amen at the end. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. This person said, My 2020 vision is to have an IHOP in Paso Robles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I didn't read all of it. It says, they, it does say IHOP and Paso, but it clarifies. It says they want an international house of prayer and healing. So, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, it makes sense. They're beautiful, and they will bring a smile to your face if you just hear them. What, I want you to pray, too, because next Saturday, this coming Saturday, the, your elected leaders of this congregation, remember those guys, that really long worship service where you guys voted for them? 
they are joining together on Saturday, this coming Saturday, to go through these and to uh, pray about how some of these dreams could become a reality between now and 2020. Maybe some of them are 2040 dreams, but to start that dreaming process. And, and so I, and, and keep submitting them until Saturday. You got till Saturday. Don't hold back if you got a good one, okay? Because we want to collect all of those dreams. And, and there's one that I'd really like you to hear. And so I've invited my friend Drew to come up. Can you guys say hello to Drew and welcome him up here? So keep that better. This morning's scripture comes from Luke five, eighteen to twenty. It says Some men came in carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Good morning, Highlands. How are you doing today? My name is Drew, and I just want to share a part of my story and how it relates to this amazing, beautiful miracle of Jesus. Before I came to Highlands seven years before, I was living a life for myself. I had my own priorities, my own goals, and my own dreams. And God was really on the back burner and the least of my priorities. This really came clear when my life fell apart shortly after college. I was lost, and I blamed God for everything that happened. It seems like when God wants to wake me up, he always does something big. That big thing happened a few years later when there was a huge apartment fire. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but I really learned the importance of how short life is and how material things are only temporary. Soon rededicated my life back to God, like what some of you guys here are doing today by being baptized. It was just so, so amazing. God had really given me a new passion for my life, and it was just so life-changing. I felt him nudging me to move back to California from Washington, and the doors opened immediately as soon as I came to Pastor Robles. Because of an old friend, I started attending Highland Church about a year and a half ago. You may know him. He's my landlord. He was also my Bible study leader in high school. Who knows Kevin Cobb? <laughs> he really helped me get connected to this church, get involved in an amazing, beautiful young adults group, and he also convinced me to go on a missions trip to Nicaragua last spring. The first few days when I was in Nicaragua, I really enjoyed serving, but I really didn't feel God present there. It took me a little while, but it really happened when we had our first team meeting, where we gathered around in a circle and we shared our testimonies. Just seeing all the brokenness and pain from the past and how God brought it all together is something so, so beautiful. Just like the paralyzed man had his friends bringing him to the feet of Jesus, I had my friends in Nicaragua bringing me to the feet of Jesus as well. Just like you guys being baptized here today, you guys had a support staff from your friends and your family to brought you to this point. My feet were in a new direction, and my life was transformed, and my heart caught fire. I had the opportunity to go back over the summer and serve, and there was a question that started burning inside me. Is this something God wants me to do for a long-term commitment in Nicaragua? That confirmation came several times over the summer, one including in a verse. It was actually our theme verse for that first missions trip I went out. It was 1 Corinthians 15:58, which says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. 
Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That is just such a beautiful reminder to me. But Jesus isn't done here. In Luke 5, 24, 26, he finishes this miracle. It says, he said to the paralyzed man, give me one second here. <laughs> um, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. That is so awesome. I, mean, I could just see this man and his friends years afterwards sharing with his friends and their family about everything Jesus has done. Or maybe they were like the first founders of the early church. Or maybe they were missionaries sharing the gospel across the whole world. Their lives were transformed by Jesus. My life was transformed by Jesus. So, Islands, wherever you are today, whether you are like the paralyzed man on the mat, whether you're carrying a broken friend to Jesus, whether you're standing here listening, being baptized today or anywhere else, with him by your side, you will never be the same. So Highlands, as we've been listening to this, these last few messages about dreaming big and looking to the year 2020, I ask you, Highlands, think and pray, listen to God's calling in your life, and obey. So Highlands, let's go. So Drew's 2020 vision is that he's going to go back to Nicaragua and he's going to be a missionary there for two years. And when we heard that vision and the way that it came about, um, it just is touching just to imagine that in 2020, Drew will be coming back from his mission trip. And he will be sharing with us the miracles that have taken place, his testimony of how good God is, because we know how good God is. Where are you going to be in the year 2020 when you see Drew again? And I love that this idea that in the year 2020, we can pull this out of one of the drawers at the church and hold it in front of the congregation. And we can proclaim God's goodness and say, look how good God is. Look how beautiful God is. Did you know, Peter, did I mention that Peter pulled a big bunch of slimy fish out of the lake and Jesus said the weirdest thing ever, come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of people? Peter followed Jesus for three years and Jesus at the end of the three years was crucified. And he died and on the cross and then he was buried. And we already know that story of the women who visited the tomb but they did end up meeting Jesus again. Jesus came back to life. And he actually ate with them and he broke bread with them. It was important for him not just, just to give them a high five and say, see you later. Nice, nice. Just, just look at the holes in my hands and my feet. I'll, t I'll catch you later on the other side. But Jesus actually hung out with them and asked them questions and listened to their questions and spent time with them and listened to their worries and concerns and fears. And then Jesus said for them to meet him on a mountain called, or a mount called Olivet, or the Mount of Olives. And he met them out there, and he, it was the time for him to 
to leave them and to go and be with the Father in heaven. And so Jesus said to them these powerful words, and Peter would have heard them, and they would have been beautiful words to them. He, he started out by saying these words in Scripture, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is saying, I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm in control. I'm in charge. And now he takes that and listen to what he says next. He says, go, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, not just Paso Robles, but Nicaragua too. Disciples means to welcome other people to follow Jesus, to welcome them into that journey of faith and joy and love. And then it says, after that, he said, baptizing them. Very specific. Jesus' instructions were very specific. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then caring for them, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. What did Jesus command us? He commanded us to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. He commanded us to live lives of love, teaching other people to, to become disciples, to baptize them, and then to live lives of love to the best of our abilities with all of God's grace and mercy. And then I love this last bit. That Jesus says, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then he left them which was a confusing thing for them to hear. I am with you to always to the end of the age. And then he was gone. And then the disciples, and do you know how long ha had taken place since that first Easter day? How many days do you guess? 40 days when Jesus left them. He ascended into heaven. It was 40 days and that he had spent with them dreaming, probably saying, hey guys, just tell me your biggest dreams. Tell me the biggest dreams you can think of. And they did. They talked about them. And then it says that the disciples waited again. They waited in this room, in this house in Jerusalem, because they were afraid. They were still afraid. They were afraid that if they shared their faith, that, that they would be mocked and ridiculed. And they were especially afraid that they'd be crucified, just like Jesus. They'd be killed. But God wouldn't allow that. God's spirit blew open the windows. They blew up in all of the doors of that place and filled the people with the Holy Spirit of God. And they started to speak in different languages like fluent Spanish and, and, fluent, uh, and fluent languages, Arabic, everything. Languages that they didn't know how to speak otherwise. They were just speaking them and preaching them. And they were going around Jerusalem during this festival time and thousands and thousands of people were gathering around them to hear just what they said. They were just saying what they knew about Jesus to be true. And some people said that they were so strange that this church, they said, oh, those people are all drunk. And Peter, our famous fisherman said, no, they're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And uh, well, that says something. Uh, no, this was the power of the Holy Spirit. So then Peter, this launches his sermon. That's his intro to one of the greatest sermons in Scripture. He starts preaching about how good Jesus is, how wonderful Jesus is, and, and honestly, how we aren't quite as wonderful as Jesus. We're far from it. And then at the end of that message, it says, Scripture tells us that 3,000 people that day were baptized by the 12, 12 disciples. And I imagine that as Peter was pulling up one person after another out of that water, that he understood for the first time what Jesus meant when he said, I'll make you fishing, fisher of, 
persons. That you, instead of pulling fish out of the water, you will be pulling people up out of those waters. And instead of pulling out fish to death, you'll be pulling up people into new life, into love, into this life of love. It's a beautiful vision. And it's a simple vision that if we live into that vision, we're good to go. And so today we are continuing this march toward vision 2020, three years from now, what, thinking about what God will do, but also welcoming some people who are taking some very bold steps in their life. So I would like to invite uh, Robin Dolly up here uh, and to have her come with all of the people who would like to be baptized, all of the people who would like to rededicate their faith to Jesus, their life to Jesus Christ today. Please come on up and uh, you can make your way on up through the stairs there and just, just welcome these people, every single one of them. Hey, Robin, we'll get you a mic over here. Here you go. Oh, there we go. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Is there someone else? There's, oh, let's see. Okay, there we go. That's it. This is our crew. Not bad, huh? These are awesome people. Do you want to introduce them to us? Absolutely. So on behalf of the Highland Session, it is my honor and privilege to present Gary Stevenson, Amanda Osborne, Caleb Osborne, and Sierra Fleming for the sacrament of baptism today. Thank you. Sierra, hi. Hi. And Gary, and Amanda, and Caleb, do you wish to be baptized today? Yes. And I have a question for you. This is a promise I'm asking you, so listen very carefully. Do you, as the members of the Church of Highlands, uh, do you promise to, to welcome them, to guide them, to nurture them, to break bread with them, to teach them, to walk with them in times of sickness and health? Sound familiar? <laughs> you promise to have that kind of dedicated relationship with them where you help them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ and to obey every command of Jesus. Do you make that promise today? Yeah. Awesome. And now, would you like to introduce the people who are recommitting their life to Jesus Christ through profession of faith? Yes. We would also like to present Sonia Howard and Brandy Hoyt, who desire to reaffirm the faith into which they have already been baptized. Amen. We are so thankful for each of you who have, this is a courageous moment, really courageous moment to come and profess their faith in Jesus and to recommit their life to Jesus. And so, um, so I have just a few questions for all of you, and they're important questions. The, the first question is, do you turn away from evil and renounce the power of evil? Do you turn away from sin, renounce the power of evil in the world? Do you do this? And do you turn not just away from evil, but do you turn toward Jesus Christ with your life and accept him as your Lord and your Savior, Savior, the one who saves you, the one who, who you will be serving for the rest of your life? And do you do that trusting in his grace and in his mercy? Do you do that? And will you commit yourself to following the word of God and to walking with God and by all of God's mercy and grace, trust that God will, will guide you through this. Do you make that promise? Yes. And then finally, I'd like to ask you, do you 
promise to be a faithful disciple or follower of Jesus and to love Jesus as a part of this congregation and as a part of the, the, the body of Jesus Christ. When we talk about membership, it's actually from Corinthians. The Bible talks about becoming a member of the body of Christ. It's just like a finger is a member of my body. And that when we're detached from the body of Christ, there's no life. But the Holy Spirit does this amazing thing that plugs us in to be a part of the body of Christ and that, that that's what we're asking you to do. And if that's something that you're willing to do, please say, I will, with God's help. Amen. And so now um, we are going to do something that's been done for all of history, and it's to profess faith, profess our faith in Jesus Christ. And we are so thankful that you're here to do that. But we're going to do it in a unique way. We're going to ask all of you to stand and profess your faith as well. For those of, those of you that are not professing your faith, uh, this is a new experience. Now, since the very beginning of Christianity, uh, the people who have joined the church have, have said certain things that they believe about Jesus to be true. And they're the same things that have been said ever since the beginning. And the, the people in the Catholic churches and the Baptist churches, the Anglican churches, the Episcopal churches all say the same thing because this is not a specific creed to a denomination. This is a creed to just loving Jesus. And so let us, let us pray as we prepare our hearts to make this confession. And the exciting thing is that we'll be singing this confession together. Does that sound like a good Highlands thing to do? We'll sing this confession together. And then as a part of that, you are going to see the faces of the people uh, who are confessing their faith today in, as a part of that worship song. And that's a beautiful thing. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much uh, for your blessing uh, that you are the one who at the very beginning of creation hovered over the waters. Your Holy Spirit hovered over the waters and you brought life into this universe. You brought life into this world. And Lord, we thank you so much that you draw us as a congregation at this time of visioning uh, to the waters of baptism and through the waters of baptism, just like you did with your people. As you rescued them from Egypt, you helped them to escape into freedom through the waters of the Red Sea. We thank you so much, Lord, that you, uh, that you received this baptism that the Holy Spirit came into your life and that you were performing the miracles of the Holy Spirit and performing the miracles of your love everywhere you went. And so we thank you so much that you have given us that gift of the Holy Spirit to live and to, to express your love to every single person we meet and that you are doing that in the lives of these human beings is more than we can, can imagine, Lord. And so we thank you for their courage. But as we sing this creed, Lord, we pray also that we would not just hear our own voice, but the voice of the church eternal, the people who over thousands of years had the courage to lay down their life, who are willing to die just so they could proclaim their faith in you, Lord Jesus. And so in the same way, Lord, we thank you that these people are dying to their sins. They're, they're being sh their old life is being shut away in a grave, but that's not the end of the story, Lord but they are also being rescued from that grave into the resurrection. And so, Lord Jesus, um, may we sing today um, as a part of that beautiful, brilliant choir that has been singing for thousands and thousands of years and that will continue to sing of who you are, your goodness and your love. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, amen. Please, we'll...